Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Phoenix Rods. Today, we have Dylan Garrison from AF Sport Fishing. Um, my buddy Matt Purcell introduced me to him, and he has a pretty cool story. Very young captain. He's 22, very experienced, well-spoken guy, great stories. He's also friends with a couple of my buddies, uh, and one of them, my piece of shit friend, Shahab. So <laughs> we had a lot of fun stories to talk about. Uh, a lot of cool information on this one. It's going to be on YouTube as well by the weekend. And um, yeah, thanks again, Dylan, for coming on. Again, here's another another announcement. PCS show will have two uh, 10 by 20 booth. We will be there um, interviewing, doing some live podcast with some really cool guys that I've been wanting to get back on and on. Uh, we'll also have Swimbait Underground will be there on Saturday. Toxic Baits will be there all day. Dylan's going to come and stop by, have some pamphlets out. Some other guys are going to stop by. It'll be a fun time. I think we're going to have a shirt. I'm going to have a Cast and Crank Yellowtail shirt, possibly. I'll let you guys know by Monday on Monday's episode. So I might have a Cast and Crank Yellowtail shirt. Since I catch, can't, <laughs> since I can't catch one, I might as well wear one, right? <laughs> or a good one. So, uh, yeah, PCS show is going to be awesome. Please come check that out. This month's Patreon sponsors, UFO Baits, Save on Tackle. UFOs donating to Baits a mini gill and his new glide bait. Thank you for that, Eric. And Save on Tackle donated to Corrado 300s. Um, and you can win those by the Patreon. I'll give you a little more details later. Here's a little piece from Save on Tackle. Save on Tackle is one of Alley County's largest and oldest tackle shops, catering to all your inshore and offshore and freshwater needs. They are currently stocked up on huds, depths, slide swimmers, and the rods and reels to throw them. Huge stock of Daiwa, Shimano, Phoenix, and Dobbins, located at 9917 Orndale Road, Santa Fe Springs, California. They do have a ton of stuff, guys. Go check them out. They're a supporter of the podcast. They're helping uh, this month's sponsor, so please check them out, and thank you again. Save on Tackle. Um, next on the list is a Patreon. Please go check that out. That's how we keep this podcast going. I've been trying to put up more episodes, uh, YouTube videos, 
all kinds of crap and I've been buying a ton of equipment. So if you guys could help by donating five, 15 or 25, five will get you a ticket in the Patreon sponsor giveaway. 15 will get you two tickets. The live podcast, which this month I think is going to be Kelly, Pupo and Jeremy. I got to confirm 25 gets you both of the other things, your own raffle. So tier one and two has its own raffle. Tier three has its own. So it's uh, better odds and you get four videos. So the first one was uh, Matt Purcell breaking down the TK. We'll have one coming Monday with uh, some Batesmith rigging. And then uh, there's two more coming. I'm also going to be filming with some saltwater guys and some more freshwater guys. So please sign up for the Patreon if you can. would be greatly appreciated. And um, five stars on iTunes. That's another big one. Please, please, if you can, just press that five-star button or even on Spotify. I appreciate that as well. YouTube episode, I'll have one up tomorrow. I think it's going to be Bait Religion. I'll be posting that up hopefully tonight. Uh, that was a fun one. We had a ton of episodes coming up. Very busy. It's like super, super busy for me. I'm trying to get to some fishing soon. I don't know, but we'll see. But I hope you guys like these episodes. Been lots of fun. And I uh, hope to see you guys at the PCS shows. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today, what's your last name, Dylan? Gerson. Dylan Gerson from AF Sport Fishing, right? Yes, sir. What does that stand for? Uh, the name of the boat's Arlene F. Okay. So instead of uh, keeping the name, we just shortened it to AF. Why didn't you keep the name? We kept the name. Well, I we mean, just, why we, didn't you keep Arlene F? Just, I, I, not cool enough? No. Not cool <laughs> enough. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. It doesn't really stick. People forget it. AF's easy. Yeah, what, uh, what size boat do you have? What kind of charter do you run? Uh, we run a four pack charter down in San Diego. Um, it's a 25, 20, mm-hmm. so it's a 25 foot long boat. Uh, it's a Parker, uh, with twin outboard engines. Wow. We just did a full repower on what there did it as have well. Before? It had 200 horsepowers on it and they were a little bit older. Um, we had a run in with a Mola Mola a couple mean? years ago. We, you ran the oh, we, we ran the thing over. Uh, we how blow. was that? Were you just like, what the hell happened? Um, yeah, we, we, we didn't see it. It was a, it was a sloppy day out. We were cruising home and, uh, yeah, we felt it and we blew two lower units, Oh my God. cracked some stuff and we ended up, you know, it was the time to do some boat work. So we put an investment on some new engines for the boat. What kind of engines do you get? Uh, we got brand new Yamaha, 250 okay. horsepower. What's the difference between those two? Like the difference is a lot. Um, yeah. You know, the new engines, they're they're a lot more powerful, which one, of course, brings your speed up. But, you know, from my point of view of it, uh, you know, fuel mileage is huge. Uh, it gives us a lot more range, okay. uh, lower RPM. We can run a lot farther on our trips. Um, one of the other things we did is we were one of the first, we actually were the first boat um, in the entire West Coast to get the Yamaha Hellmaster system. What does that do? It's uh, it's like an integrated system that hooks up to the engine. So instead of uh, you know, all your your steering hydraulic and uh, throttle cables and everything like that, it takes it all away. Oh, it's all one cable. It's, it's all one one oh. harness, and it's all electric. So we got electrical steering, uh, electronic throttle, uh, autopilot, everything. Doesn't that Yamaha. scare you a little? It scares me a little bit. <laughs> that was uh, that was one of the reasons we spent a longer time, you know, out in the yard doing boat work, because we actually redid the entire electrical system as well mm-hmm. with uh, our batteries. 
What kind of um, battery? Did you get lithium? Yeah, we we put lithium gel oh, cells in. I have in. so many fucking questions for you. Because <laughs> I want to get lithium batteries. I can't find like a company I want to use yet. But I want to know how they stand up getting beat up. Like, do they? Can they take a beating? Do you see anything on like the the um like when you're charging? Do you think it's going to take away from the charge when you're beating the boat up? You know what I'm saying? You know, I haven't noticed any difference. Um, the only difference is I've been holding a charge a lot better. Okay. Um, longer drifts, engines off. Uh, we don't have a generator. It's all run off the engines for charging. I've never been uh, in a situation where, you know, I, I've noticed that I need something more. Or I need to turn my engines on or whatever it is. Um, you know, the, the batteries have held the charge beautifully. Uh, the system we put out, it gives enough power to everything in the boat. Um, we kind of hooked it all up where we have a backup battery bank as well. That How was, many batteries do you have? We have five. Five to 12 volts or 536 or what? How is it? 36. 536? Yeah. Fuck, you got enough power. And that's probably as much as what yeah, so, you had before. Yes, but we, we only run two now okay. at a time. So oh. when the boat's running, I'm only running on two batteries. Um, and then I have a full switch over where, you know, emergency power, you know, the biggest thing that, that did scare me about the, the electrical steering, um, is <laughs> if I don't have battery, I can't steer the boat. If I don't yeah. have battery, I can't throttle up or throttle down. Um, you know, that's always a worry. That's the nice part about a cable is you can fix a cable. Um, I mean, you can fix your, hey, well, the only thing I would think too is on the electric it's fail safe. So like, say it does drop out. There's probably a fucking switch that brings the fucking the. Uh, it's probably smart enough. Does it bring the power down if that failed? You don't know yet, but it does. I'm sure um, it does, and make sure it doesn't just like flip. Or the, the system is mind blowing. I'm not a huge uh, you know technology guy. Um, mm -hmm. I could barely use my phone most days. <laughs> um, so as a young guy, you know I'm not you know all techno on it. But um, this new system's incredible. It really is. It's got all sorts of sensors and. I mean, it, it, it's yelled at me before cause I ran over some eel grass and it sensed it, you know, oh, it, no it's way. got, it's got full, <laughs> full sensors all over it. Um, it monitors everything and it does a lot of automatic stuff as well. Yeah. Uh, it won't let you overheat. It won't let you run out of battery. It won't let you do anything. Um, it's pretty fail safe and they've all got backup like manual on it. Um, I've looked at the manual steering once you might end up in that situation and it's not ideal, but, but it works, but it works just fucking yeah. stiff as shit. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have a partner or is it just you? It's just me. No way. Yeah. So did you come up with the idea to switch over to all this elect the electronics Were you like, like what gave you the idea that no one else is doing it? You know what I'm trying to say? It was, uh, it was more. When we, when we got to the yard to put the new engines on, um, you know, there's many choices, especially in that, that realm of outboards. Um, you have many choices of just the engines themselves. Once we chose the engines, um, we would need to redo all the throttles and steering. We were having some steering issues before as well. So it was uh, one of the projects. And when everything got put on the table, it you know, seemed like the best option. Um, we wanted this system or I wanted this system, but they came out right at that time with the new one. They used to have what they called Hellmaster. Okay. And then they came out with the Hellmaster EX, um, which is their new, new and improved okay. version of it. Um, so we decided to go with that and based off of just, uh, and right off the bat, you thought 
Lithium. Yeah. Um, did you have to research Lithium to find the correct one you liked? Or did you kind of just... No, it was kind of a partnership we, with uh, our shop we were working with uh, okay. to do the repower and everything. Um, it was it was a lot of a partnership with them. Um, you know, bright brighter minds than I have in <laughs> that realm of the world. Um, and yeah, it really was me just asking for, you know, hey, you know, I'm not used to... I've, n- I've never ran a boat with... Uh, electrical steering um yeah, yeah i've never ran a boat um with this hellmaster ex nobody has you know yeah, what i mean yeah. it's a it's a first of its kind I, i'm the first boat with it there's a few boats now that might have it but uh at the time it was like i have no idea what this is you're telling me i'm relying on you know battery power these are you know five six year old batteries i yeah. have in the boat let's fix that and then yeah. I, you know the guys that are smarter than i am with that then went off and did it proper um but yeah, it was more just my worries with, I, I don't want old stuff with the new stuff. Let's do it all right. Let's get it going. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. It's a, it's a cool jump, cool story to like to make that jump. I'm sure it's like having a brand new boat too as well when you're done. Yeah, we, we, we did a lot of work. We did, you know, uh, we did a lot of like gel coat work. We redid electronics inside, transducers, fish finders. We have a, a 200 gallon fish hold on the boat, which yeah. is a uh, custom built, um, no other boat really has it in its class and uh we redid that we redid so much stuff that you know it was just yeah once it got back in the water it was like brand new boat yeah that's nice what uh so where did you start your career doing the sport fishing thing um well i was originally born in chicago okay and i moved out here when i was about nine ten years old and when when i moved out here there wasn't you know too much i was into um the only thing is we moved right next to lake poway okay and uh that was like my parents brought me there as a kid let me fish for a few hours uh nobody in my family were diehard fishermen at all besides uh my grandfather he used to be a you know world-renowned fly fisherman oh no way yeah he uh traveled the whole world he did Dude, every, every, everything caught everything yeah, yeah what's his name if you don't mind me asking uh, jerry jerry last yeah. same last name same last name yeah um so did you fish with him as well uh, yeah, I fished with him a few times. Okay. Um, by the time that I got into what he did, um, he was a lot older. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he could only do so much. Uh, I fished a little bit with him up in Sacramento. That okay. was one of our kind of places we went to is Sacramento River fly okay. fishing. Um, but yeah, so no one in my family fished. So, you know, they'd bring me to the lake cause that was something I wanted to do. And, uh, they would feed the ducks and I would go you know, cast a line, fish. You catch him. I, I, I actually, <laughs> I used to always go and I'd catch the catfish at the the boat dock there, okay. and then get kicked out because you can't fish the boat dock there. And I was like a nine year old doing. Yeah. I had no. I actually had no idea at the time. But yeah. um, yeah. So uh, eventually it came along that uh, we we went out on a half day boat. Uh, the family was invited to a private charter on uh, the Fisherman Three. Okay. And that was my first time on a sport fishing boat. And that was 10, 11? That was about 10, okay. 10, 11. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that was my first time on a sport fishing boat. And that was like the mental jump for me from lake fishing and anything else I knew to like, holy shit, this is the coolest thing in the world. You yeah. know what I mean? This is like, yeah. this is it, you know? So you had, um, it, you had the saltwater trigger, your love for it more than your freshwater. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The saltwater trigger was there, you know, okay. it really was. Um, after that, I, I don't know too much of the timeline and exact, but yeah, when yeah. I, um, the next summer or so off of school, it was something I kind of begged my parents for. 
and they started driving me down to the dock in the morning and putting me on the premier which was the half day boat that was running full time every day twice a day and uh they'd buy me a ticket they'd send me down the dock my parents both got seasick they didn't like boats so they'd send me <laughs> down they'd say i'd see you you know in six hours I don't know what they would go do, but I would <laughs> come back party. to the boat. Yeah, go, <laughs> go party, come back, get me. Um, but yeah, so I started fishing on the premiere. Uh, At an early age, like 12. Like. Yeah, 11, 12. Okay. 11, 12, I started fishing on the premiere. Um, it got to a point where uh, I was fishing so much that the captain, Tim, he uh, approached my parents after one day and he said, you guys need to stop spending money on your kid to come out fishing. Like we, we like him, but you guys are, you know, you guys are paying every day, was, twice a but, day. But the, the cool thing is like, the, it was worth it to your parents. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was worth it to my parents. Like yeah, I they, spend, like my kid does drum line. We spend a ton of fucking money on it. Yeah. Like more than you would expect, but he loves it, dude. Why not? Yeah, exactly. If it's, if it's something he loves, why not? Like yeah. that's in his head, you know, like in your parents' head. Yeah, that's one of, one of the greatest things is, you know, they were always supportive, you yeah. know, always there to whether they liked it or not. I mean, as I said, they, <laughs> I couldn't tell you the last time they came fishing, uh, maybe 10 years ago. Yeah, <laughs> you but know, they know it, it's your they, gig. They, they, like, they, it's my gig and they knew it. And uh, yeah, so it got to a point where um, it was probably 12, 13, you know, it's, same type of time where they were like, we, you know, we love him. You know, he comes out all the time. He fishes, he helps us out a little bit. Mm -hmm. He's, you know, gotten to know the crew. Everyone knows him by name. Um, so they were like, yeah, just, you know, give us a call or come on down. If we have room on the boat, we'll, you know, take him out, help him a little bit. You know, he'll, uh, learn to work a little bit, scrub the boat. And soon there I became the pinhead. For How that. long were you a pinhead there for? I was there for about two, two and a half years wow. as a pinhead. Yeah. So till you're 15? I was about 14, 15. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 14, 15 uh, when I left the premiere. Did you, did you, were you, did you grow up in the days of the ball busting more? Would they fuck with you at all? Or they were kind of like, cause you were a little, it wasn't as. A little bit, you know, <laughs> uh, a little bit for sure. That was definitely uh, in the days where there was a little more leniency on, uh, you know, younger guys coming out working and mm -hmm. being around all the elements of a boat, you know, <laughs> now I don't think yeah. you can send a 12 year old down oh. in a fish hold, uh, <laughs> uh, throwing stuff out and moving big stuff. But yeah. you know, it's, uh, it was, yeah, it was back in the, the days where it was a little more acceptable to have a kid around. I bet it was hard when you got to like the 15, 16, when you've been there for a while. And uh, I was talking to someone about this time on the water. So like your age might be 15 or 18 or 19, but your fishing age is way more than a 40 year old dude that does fish maybe once or twice a week because yeah. you're doing it so long. Yeah. So did you, you probably get people challenging you and you're like, dude, I'm here in day in, day out. I know way more than you. And sure, you're, you're twice as old as me, but your fishing age is like older, you know? You know, what I have to say to that is when I was that age, there wasn't much of that. No. It was okay. when I was a little bit older than that, that it became more of a thing. And even to this day, you'll, uh, it's more of a now thing. How old and, are you right now? Uh, 22. So you're still, um, oh my um, God, you're yeah. fucking young. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. I'm a young one. <laughs> oh dude, you can be my fucking son. <laughs> 41, dude. Uh, I mean, so that's now you're experiencing it now. So let's, I, mean, I have more questions, but they wait till you become a captain. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, you, ha you have been, you know, everyone does everyone, including, you know, 
your older captains. You know, anyone older than you that might step on a boat, you'll sometimes see that. You know, you will see that, yeah. uh, you know, I'm 75 years old. I've been fishing since I was your age. Um, but the truth does come down to, well, what do you, what do you fish? You know, um, one charter a year, two charters there's a year, the, there's the do the comment. math on it. You know, there's these guys, they're, they're hardworking guys in this industry. They work a hundred to 250 days a year. Um, you know, they're out there, they're on the boat, they know the boat, they know the fish. Um, and the way the industry changes too, is 75 years ago, they didn't fish like we fish today at yeah, all you know right. so so yeah i mean you do see it um of course the younger guys see it a lot more you know a 18 year old 15 year old trying to tell you know their elders what to do it's kind of well i'm sure for you, you run too into some like things. it's even worse when you probably became because you came of age when instagram kind of blew up as well so yeah. it was the double-edged sword where you probably got people talking shit because you're so young and at the same time instagrams you know you're trying to promote something it's horrible i'm sure you've when you've so when you finished pinheading did you kind of deck out on the same boat no i actually um i didn't so when i was around uh you know the age of 14 15 uh, i was still on the premiere i was pinheading and i met one of the the captains owners of one of the bigger overnight boats out of our landing h&m landing the old glory um and it was uh clay the owner of the boat and he came out with his kids on the premiere and I was, you know, the pinhead, I was helping them out. I was, you know, gaffing and we were catching yellowtail. I was back in the days where we had 30 pound yellowtail coming over the rails <laughs> on the half day. Yeah. Um, so, so we were catching yellowtail. I was helping them out. I was gaffing their fish, you know, rehooking them up, all sorts of stuff. And he ended up, you know, saying, he was like, oh, you, you know, have you ever done the overnight stuff? And I was like, no, I've been on half day. Yeah. Um, so he was like, yeah, you want to come out? Um, and you know help out uh us sometimes and i was like yeah of course sure um so that's when i kind of transferred over to that overnight boat and uh i actually stayed on the old glory for about three years three wow, and a half years a long after time. that yeah yeah how was the jump going from pretty much like a half day to like not even going to like a three quarter or even like an extent but straight to the overnight kind of a different jump it was a little different you know at first it's different because you're younger um yeah. and it's more the the sleeping and you know being away from home at that age um the parents being worried how was um, your parent how'd your parents react when you took that it was fine at first there was a few <laughs> few bumps in the road you know and you'd have a stretch or so be gone for a week or something you know there was a you know you're 15 and you've been <laughs> out in the ocean for a oh, week wait, you you're haven't 15 been, going doing... 15 16 yeah oh shit so yeah. you probably had to get a work permit right off the bat yeah i guess so (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, sure yeah we did it yeah of course of course yeah but i mean um i couldn't imagine letting my son's a fucking idiot he's he's 17 i couldn't either and i couldn't imagine letting him like he's gonna be leaving when he's 18 almost 18 to like do drumline stuff so he'll be taken off and i'm like can i even trust him to do anything he can't even take the fucking trash out you know what I'm saying? Like, and this guy's going to be gone. Like, I don't know. He's such a, a dummy, you know? So, but I don't know how you are, but your parents are probably like, how can I let my kid be gone this long? On a boat. Different story. Can't get a hold of you. 
Yeah, you know, it, it was tough. Um, there was definitely some days that my parents were calling the landing and calling <laughs> the boats and trying to find out where I am. Um, there were some days that I was lost out there uh, in their eyes. Yeah. Um, but no, they were supportive. You know, they knew they knew what I was doing. And I think that builds a lot of respect um, for, you know, a, a young kid, anyone. Um, if you hold a job and, you know, are out there doing that work, um, it's not easy and it's work. Um, so I think they kind of looked at it as and there's a lot worse things he could be doing yeah, than, right. than working. Um, so how quick do you think that made you grow up? Like, you know, what I'm saying having a job that young and doing like a full Full gig almost, you know. Were you going to school still as well and doing it on the weekends? Or I was going to school. So schooling-wise, I was going to school at that time. Um, I was working the weekends during the school year and then the summer times. Working all um, summer. All summer, okay. yeah. Um, sometime in high school, I, I switched over and I was doing uh, online high school. So I actually was working almost full time. Oh, so you were just going online um, and just and said, I was I'm doing done. Yeah, I was doing all my work either on the boat at night or... Uh, you know, on a day off or something. And I was turning it in whenever I had time. And so did I, you graduate online? Uh, yeah, I did. Oh, yeah. so you were like full. That's, I was, like, that's I was, a crazy story. It was like about, to... it was about 16 when I like committed to it. And okay. I was, I was out there, um, pretty full time. And how long did the 16, when you're 16, how long did that last to where you moved to your next gig? Um, a few years, um, for sure. Um, I kind of started bouncing around, getting the feel for, you know, the industry more. Um, I started having people who, you know, knew the name and knew me and I had a background and stuff like that. So I had uh, some options to go places. I went and worked on some yachts. I, uh, when I was 15, I actually bought my first boat. Um, oh, really? Yeah. What was it? Uh, it was a 22-foot uh, center console. It was a little pro line. And it was nice. the the sickest little boat at the time but now that i look back at it it was uh it was a oil eater (laughs) two-stroke on it that barely worked um but yeah so i had you know i fished a lot did Um, you have a slip for it or did you have to have your parents drag it down i had a a slip over at seaforth okay in mission bay for it yeah nice but yeah i kind of just uh bounced around a lot you know i still kept good relationships with uh, the guys that I worked for previously on the overnight boats and half days and stuff. And I'm so sure I that would... was easier being young too, because I feel the older you get, the more you want to challenge. So you probably were like, Hey man, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. I could even say that about myself. I think when I was 16 or 17, I wouldn't say anything if I got mad or if I didn't like something. Yeah. But now when I turned like 21, three, I'd be like, fuck you. I'm out of here. You know, but at that age, you probably weren't, you're more like, hey, I'm just going to try this out or. Yeah, I mean, it's easier, too, because at that age, um, as I said, I was still, like, going to school. Um, So, of course, I wasn't, like, signed as a full-time. Like, if I wasn't there a day, they would not be able to run. You know, there was, of course, another crew on the boat. Um, I was a part of that crew, but Mm -hmm. there was um, a lot of time that I did, you know, was able to take off and move around. So, um, I would start, you know, filling in, you know, hey, that, you know, can you work deck? It's like, yeah, I can go work deck. Yeah. Um, so I started bouncing around a lot. Um, I kind of was all over the place, um, for a while. Um, I did some yacht stuff. I did some skiff stuff. I did some longer range stuff. Um, and yeah, I kind of just bounced around worked. you know, met guys, built relationships and stuff like that. Um, I think that's actually good at that age. No, I, uh, dude, 
it, and like that's kind of going back to my re- relation to what you're talking about to kids. I talked to the instructor, and they're like, "He's like, I, you know, my son. He's a, he's a dummy. We talk about him on all the time. We call him Herpingina. He uh, <laughs> during COVID, I'll tell you the story real quick. He went down the street and made out with some girl or something, and got like like mono. Okay, but it's called Herpingina. It's hand, foot, mouth for, um, for like adults or older kids. Uh huh. So I'm sleeping. He busts in my room and he goes, Dad, I have 101 fever. I'm like, get the fuck out of my room. I thought it's COVID. I thought I'm dying. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> so we take him to the doctors. We're, we have him like quarantined. I'm wearing like a face shield and mask because it's just COVID just started. I'm flipping out. I already bought all my ammo and shit because I thought the world's going to end. <laughs> and then we come to find out like, oh, he doesn't have it. And it took like two weeks to get the test because... It was crazy in the beginning of COVID, you know, like you couldn't get tested. Yeah. So we got it back and like, he didn't have it. It was, he had this thing called Herpingina. So for now, when I tell him, <laughs> Hey, we call him Herpingina, but I talking to his constructor, they're like, okay, he's, he kind of a half ass. He's his ass kicked a lot to do something. He's really good at what he does. And he's like, you know, pushing your, your son to go in to do something that he's not comfortable in mm-hmm. is going to do that. He's like, I was the same way. Yeah. So I'm sure the same thing where you're like pushing you harder into what you're doing, it made you grow up like quick, like owning a boat, getting a boat, having a you know center console shit like that. Yeah, I don't know. Like some of these fifteen year olds don't have fucking boats, you know. Like, yeah, I don't try to go for it, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, the biggest thing was like the passion was there. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was you know from such a young age, it was what I wanted to yeah. do. Uh, from the start, it hasn't changed, and I'm accomplishing a lot of things that I uh, have always wanted to do. But that was the biggest thing is I didn't want anything else, which I guess could be good or bad. In my case, it was good. I yeah. had, you know, the passion yeah. was there. The the drive was there. The willingness to work and to do it um, was there. So that's good. But yeah, I mean, some people want to, you know, say you should stick with one thing and stick with one boat and one style of fishing and one this, one that. But, um, you know, I think I did it right as a young age. I talked you know? to and I talked to uh, Gavin and and Matt about it, mm-hmm. and I said the same thing. I'm like, is there like any animosity from other captains? Like, and I feel the same way. Like you're training someone for like a couple of years, and they know your tricks. Mm-hmm. And when you leave, like it's kind of like fuck. Mm-hmm. You know what if they? You know, and and I don't know. I'm, I don't work on a boat, so I don't know if they like. Hey, this is how we rig it here. This is how we do it here. Or is it more of like you did your time? You're moving on and. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I mean it's different. It's different case people. By case. So it's case by case. Yeah. It's, it's different everywhere. And as a young kid, because there there is a lot. You know, I was one. I can almost guarantee everyone out there right now, uh, they were one at one point. You know, a young kid on the dock wanting mm-hmm. to work. Um, you know, I think the being able to explore the industry because there's so much. You know what <laughs> I mean? There's so much to our industry that you you want to know what you want. Um, and yeah, there's the route of going commercial. I, I, and you also have the landings, like you have two different landings in San Diego. Like if you San Diego, four, four. Okay. Then you have Oceanside. Would you put that in San? Then you have Dana point. Then you come up to Newport and then you come up to, you know what I'm saying? There's a ton on the coast within three and a half hours. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So there's, there's a ton of landings. A ton of areas that fish different styles and different ways. Commercial fishing. There's commercial fishing. There's sport fishing. Yeah. There's there's your you know cruises. There's your yachts. There's your skiff fishing. There's yeah. 
there's everything, you know, there's all sorts of stuff you can get on. And, you know, now I like that I've seen everything. Um, you know, I still stuck with a lot of, uh, you know, what I wanted. I stuck with a lot of the sport boats. Mm -hmm. I stuck with, um, a little bit of everything actually, you know, I still run some yachts currently. Um, I still will run some yachts and do some private hiring stuff for captain stuff. But, um, yeah, you know, I explored everything. When I bought the current boat that I have right now, I what actually... What year did you buy that boat? Uh, 2018. So did you jump straight from, like, you got your time, you got your license straight to a boat? Uh, yes and no. Okay. Um, so when I was 15, I had the center console. Uh-huh. About a year later, I had so many issues with the center console, I upgraded it to a 22-foot pilot house Defiance. Oh, that's a nice That boat. was my second boat. Yeah. Um, and then I right around the age of 18 or so um that was when i was thinking of all the captain stuff you know i I was trying to get my license as soon as possible as soon as i could Mm -hmm. um and that's also the time that i bought the parker uh, which is the current boat and i bought the parker for commercial use and i commercialized it and i was fishing on my off time from working the sport boats and the yachts i was working on i was commercial fishing a little bit you know for fun or whatever it was extra money yeah um but then i got my license and turned it into a business um so that's kind of so do you did you run any uh like sport boats like bigger ones as a captain yeah um when i got my license i started doing a lot of like fill-in work okay um for the guys that i kind of grew up fishing with um that overnight boat that i worked on for a while i started night driving for them as a fill-in guy um, you know, around the landing, you know, work's been hard to come by since COVID, especially yeah. too, for, for everyone, including myself, I was trying to find some guys to help me out and, you know, work's hard, not easy to come by right now. Um, so I, I was bouncing around, you know, all the guys that I built relationships with, I was friends with and stuff like that. I'll bounce around. I'll, I'll do fill in work, uh, night driving, day driving, whatever it is, driving the yachts and all sorts of stuff like that. Um, I'm mostly committed to uh you know the the small boat uh four pack business right now it's mm-hmm. it's been taking off and taking a ton of my time up uh but even to this day i will still you know fill in if you want me i'll you know and i have the time i'll make the time yeah, for it yeah type of thing so when you decided to make the jump to the four pack is was it was it a hard one is there a lot of i mean options down there so for you to get your foot in the door was it kind of like okay How's that all going to, you know, work? You know, it wasn't even on purpose. Um, As I said, I had the boat and I was running it commercially on my off time from working the sport boats. Mm -hmm. Um, When I got my license, I started having everyone, you know, it seemed to become a thing like from the sport boats, the clients and the passengers from guys that I know, regular guys that want to do, you know, hey, you, you know, can we come fishing on your boat? Yeah. Like, no, you know, or yeah, but no, and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, so, you know, the yeah. guys I knew really well, I might take fishing. Um, but of course, at that point, I, I couldn't run charters. And it became such a thing that I was like, you know, holy shit, like everyone wants to go fishing. Or it seemed like that at yeah. the time. <laughs> so, <laughs> Until you decided to make a business. Yeah. Like, so, fuck everyone <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we, we, that kind of pushed me to be like, you know, I have my license, I have a boat. I wasn't planning 
on getting my license for the four pack stuff. I actually, when I got my license, um, when I turned 18, it was actually when I was 17, I ordered the class for the OUPB license, okay. which is a six pack license. Okay. Um, at that time I was working on some six pack boats and some yachts and still some sport boats, but I was like, you know what? I can't get my hundred ton till I'm 19. So why don't I just get the OUPV? So I started doing that. I started reading the material, studying up, trying to get my hours signed off and everything, uh, to get that license. And then I said, you know, I have six months until I'm 19, you know, screw this. And I, I threw those books away. So then did you, get, you got the license though, right? I didn't. I, I you quit. Just said, fuck I, it, so, so I said, fuck it. Yeah. So if you have a hundred ton, you don't need the six pack license. No, it's a, the bigger version. It's a bigger of it. version. Yeah. It's like so, having a class A or class B. Yeah. Too. So the okay. six pack would get me to be able to run some of the boats and my boat. Okay. Um, but as I said, at that time, I had no meaning to run a six pack boat or a four pack boat um, when I was getting my license. Yeah. So that's when I said, you know, screw this. I don't know why I'm going to get this license just to upgrade it in the future. I'm going to get the bigger license now. So I waited a few months and, you know, I started going to school. Yeah. I went to school and I got the bigger license. So I okay. got my hundred ton when I was 19. Uh, I got it, you know, that first few months of me turning Pretty 19. Young, right? To, to yeah. do that? Like pretty, yeah, it's minimum age, you know, you can't yeah. get it any younger like than that. Like, I always talk to guys, well, nowadays, I feel like, nowadays, like, I fucking know anything. <laughs> By interviewing the guys that I have, I feel like, okay, like, Clinshaw, Jay Clinshaw's a younger captain. Uh -huh. He was up in uh, Channel Islands, and he was 18, like, doing yeah. stuff young. Uh, fucking Gavin was pretty young. Uh -huh. He's only 26, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's a younger age of guys, because some of these kids, you guys are putting your time in way earlier. Yeah, I mean, you know? the, the time's the hardest thing. Yeah. I mean, um, if you have your time, you have your time. And if you have your time by the age of 19, then you've been committed. Um, so you're going to get that license, you know. Um, I think the age thing, uh, being young with it, is just, you know, how committed are you to it? Because you need so much, so many days on the water mm -hmm. um, that if you don't have that prior, then you're probably not one of those guys to be a 19-year-old captain. I mean, it just works in that way where, um, you know, you need so much time that if you have that, of course, you're going to be that, you know, 19 year old captain. Like, yeah, as you said, some of the guys around the landings. Yeah. yeah right. There are some young guys. Yeah. yeah. And you're one of them now. So when you made the jump, how like talk about, okay, I'm in, how did it all work? Did it, was it not what you expected? Were you like, oh fuck, what did I do? No. Um, when I made the jump, it was... It was cool at first um, because it was just like fun. You know, Did you have like a business plan where you're like, okay, I'm going to talk to maybe some other guys that run six packs. No. And do you get to talk to anyone? Like I would think, is there like kind of a, a code of ethics like where you go, hey man, I'm, I'm going to come here and run a six pack with you guys. I know San Diego is a hard fucking place sometimes if you're an outsider coming in as well. I mean, it, it's a tough place for sure. Um, you know, as I said, luckily I had that, that relationship built with my landing with the guys around me, you know, they're all friends they're all okay. brothers. They're all, you know, they're all guys I, I love, you know? Yeah. Um, so I had that in there as far as with the people. Um, but when I started it, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, I really, you know, I was like, I'm, yeah, I can drive a boat. I could catch fish. I could do this, but business wise, I, I had no idea. Yeah. Um, so that was a huge jump as far as business, um, as a 19 year old, 20 year old, it was, you know, something, it was like, I'm 
opening a business. I own a boat. I'm trying to do all this. You know, it's not easy. It's yeah. tough. You know, yeah. that was more the struggle for it. Um, through all that, you know, I was filling in on boats to work because it's a lot to get, you know, that business started. Yeah. Yeah. Um, once I did get it all going, you know, it was smooth riding from there. Um, as much as it can be. <laughs> did you have a mentor that kind of helped you like, like guide your way to, to like maybe doing everything or were you just like, I'm doing it. Fuck it. As far as like the business, I, it was, and I'm doing it, you know, fuck it. Um, <laughs> I, I've always had mentors and, yeah. and guys to guide me in the world of fishing. Um, you know, in the way of running boats and running yachts, there's always been someone there to kind of point me, you know, there's always someone better and someone, you know, more around or whatever it is. You know, I've had r relationships with great guys and really good guys. Who are so. a couple guys that you, you uh, look up to or maybe like, not look up to, but like appreciate their friendship that have helped you a lot that are good captains, you know? Yeah, you know, I had, uh, I was, as I said, the old glory out yeah. of H&M Landing was a boat that I kind of grew up on. I built a relationship with the captains from the boat, Clay and Junior. Okay. Uh, both Clay and Junior were always there to point me in the right direction for whatever it might have been. Um, you know, when I got into running some yachts and some of that side of the world, um, you know, there was uh, Cody Kessel okay. and Nate Eisen. Uh, who are both captains in Southern California, and they were kind of more involved at the time in the yacht world, so they kind of got me through that because that's a whole other industry yeah, yeah. than sport fishing. So there, was, there were tips and tricks and all sorts of stuff from those guys that came my way. Um, but no, I kind of just went with it. You know, I, I, <laughs> whatever it was, I, I worked with it, and I went and started it. So how um, was it working with people? This is a completely different fucking thing because – now you're you're a captain at your business you you have to make a customer happy not like where you're taking buddies out and going let's just go catch fish um how does that work i mean that's kind of got to be a little different especially since you're the captain and it's your boat business you know what i'm saying yeah you know it's not it differs per person for me i think of myself as like a great people's person mm -hmm. um just because i grew up you know being able to do that you know when you're 14 if you can't if, if you're working on the boats and you can't talk to an adult or you can't you know guide someone or you know then you're not really working on the boats yeah so as you said earlier you know i grew up very fast um i grew up a lot older than i was age-wise um so i had that you know interaction with the fishermen and and everybody down there so it wasn't too hard to switch over um it was funny uh, to go back to it once I got my license. It was a few <laughs> weeks after I got my license that I started night driving and running second on some of the big boats and you know, signing people in. Yeah, I'm the captain. They're like, <laughs> no, you're not. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Did people like, trip out? Like, were people? Did you ever get shit from people? Or like, I, I got shit from people. Um, and it was people more than like customers more than anything. Yeah, I mean, yeah. everyone gets shit from everybody. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I, of course, got shit from people um, that tried to mean it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the majority of it was, you know, because I was around so much, you know, the, the, the guys who maybe I didn't work with, but I knew, or the regulars that come out they all the time that, they, they you know, I used to you. work as yeah. a deckhand or a pinhead, or they knew me from a kid, you know, to see me 
getting on the boat and I'm sure there's dudes that were like stoked going, wow, man, you, you did it. You know, you've been doing it for a long time. Yeah. I had, you know, there's a few groups of regulars from the sport boats that, you know, were stoked for it. They came out on some of my first trips and, um, you know, they still fish with me now on my boat to this day. There's some of my, my regular groups. Now the guys I used to be the pinhead for. Um, so there's definitely the, the people who are stoked for it people that might give you shit for it yeah. or whatever it is. But no, I mean, it wasn't, wasn't too much of a, as far as people. Yeah, that's good. So then what about growing up next to the lake? Were you throwing swim baits at the time? Were you, were you fishing freshwater at all? Yeah. Um, I was, you know, <laughs> you know, I was, uh, I was a little bit of a lake rat when I was younger. Um, that was when I was like really young. I would say like twelve to fifteen. Were you throwing the big swim bait then? I would throw everything. I, I okay. didn't. I wasn't one of the kids that was like taking off in the lake or the bass world. Um, <laughs> I was definitely like the trout kid or like okay. the bass kid. I you know, but I wasn't. I wasn't that knowledgeable. Um, people still give me shit to this day. <laughs> that uh, I used to. I used to walk around. I'd. I'd wear a whole tackle warehouse, uh, pro jersey to the lake and i'd wear i'd wear the hat do you have the picture of it i do have the picture oh i gotta put that shit up when we're talking Um, about it and i i also was a lot shorter and a lot bigger too so (laughs) i was uh, i was a little plump kid so they knew you from that everyone knew me from that nothing wrong being plump you're cute and plumpy (laughs) like me yeah Yeah, i sprouted a little bit since then but no i i used to i used to be like the kid at the lake when i was younger i was either the half day kid or the kid at the lake and yeah everyone knew me because i would wear the same jersey to the lake like i was a pro bass fisherman but i'd be fishing trout with some worms (laughs) and you know catching bluegill and so i i wasn't i wasn't like going off in the bass world but i did fish a lot and um were you fishing Poway all As, the time? I, yeah, I fished Poway, Dixon, uh, all you know. Hodges was a huge lake of mine that I fished uh, when I was younger. Um, I did throw some big baits and stuff. I did get into swim bait fishing a little bit, but I wasn't really at that age where I could take it anywhere great. I was still a kid that saved up some money to buy a swim bait and <laughs> would throw it around. I think my first swim bait fish was on a Depths 250. I caught a trout on it. <laughs> that's how good it, you are at trout uh, fishing then, yeah huh? you're doing the swim bait thing before everyone else for trout yeah <laughs> I fish a trout to catch a trout <laughs> um did you what was your your big fish you caught like what what did you uh, get into like when you were doing that with kizik hands free shoes motion sounds something like this Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com socks. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
Um, as far as bass, yeah, or um, trout and bass. I don't, you know, trout. I mean, I, I would, I'd fish the lakes, and I had some big ones. I had a few fish over fifteen pounds at the Shit. local lakes. You know, stock, stock trout yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of fish over ten pounds. I had, I think, my biggest was sixteen point three, and it trout came or out of our bass. Uh, trout. Okay, and that came out of Lake Poway. They're gonna get mad. You said it, yeah. trout people. Yeah, trout people. <laughs> they, they get mad about everything, but. <laughs> What about your bass? Did you have pretty big bass? I had a few good ones. Um, my biggest bass when I was like younger and bass fishing actually came out of a lake in Sacramento and it was a 12 and a half pounder. Damn, and that nice. was when I was like 13, 14. I was stoked on it. It was on topwater frog. So it was like proper fish. Um, but no, I, I didn't really have any like big bass swim bait stories. Um, you know, of course I, you know, catch eight nines you know stuff like that were you kind of beating up the trout more than when you got a little older too as well yeah as i got older i got busier um with work so you know it was like i if someone invited me you know hey let's go bass fishing i'd go bass fishing but it wasn't anything like that i committed to i never got super into it where i would you know sit at the lake for multiple days or go to different lakes or um it was just a day off you know let's go to the lake and fish and most of the time my days off were you know, weekends in the winter time, yeah. And, you know, yeah. trout season. So I'd go trout fishing at the lake. Um, Were you fly fishing when you trout fish? Yeah, I started fly fishing when I was like real young because my grandfather, um, he was a huge fly fisherman. So mm-hmm. I started fly fishing. Um, I never really got like great at it until I started fishing with a few guys that I do still to this day. Um, but I used to fly fish a lot. I'd go all over my family would bring me out to Colorado and up Sacramento and all over uh, San Diego fly fishing. But you never uh, do saltwater fly fishing. I did a little bit. Do you do in your boat? Have you tried doing it? Yeah, we did. So we had a couple trips last year, actually. We did some Dorado and Yellowtail fly fishing and we had some successful trips. Um, Did you have to do some research or did you like pick it to ask grandpa dude what do you do you like what you know what i'm saying no it was uh you know the guys that i a couple of the guys i fish with are a lot more experienced than i am for say uh yeah. in the fly fishing world and they did quite a bit of uh like offshore fly fishing in the past so one of the guys that was working uh as like a deckhand for me and helping me out um he knew a lot about it and i mean it wasn't necessarily the hardest thing to switch over to yeah um, you know, when it bites, it's bites. And the only guy I've had on that did it and he'd stopped guiding was Mason Stoller. Mm-hmm. He had, he was up here and he did a full on like the wall. He did fly fish calicos. Mm-hmm. Super cool. And I know there's that Vaughn that's up there. He's pretty big deal fly fishing too. Yeah. The the other cool fly fishing, I guess I, I did saltwater was I used to, I used to walk the beach as I was like a kid, I, I'd get dropped off at the beach I and tried I'd fly that. fish in the surf and Corbina and surf perch and halibut. Yeah. And that, that was pretty cool. That's I like something that. I, I want to go back and do. Yeah, it's I fun. still fly fish, but I haven't done that in years. That's a hard part. I feel like the perch are, haven't been as good as they were the last five years. Yeah. But I, I tried it. I went to, because I have Bob Marriott's right here. Mm-hmm. So I went to the class at the park and then fucking... Just all I wanted to do was a shoot, so you pull back, so you could shoot the line out as far as you can. Yeah. So I just kept trying to do that so I could learn. And I just ended up slapping myself in the face and whipping everything, and then getting stupid idiots driving by. What are you gonna catch your front yard? <laughs> Fucking dickheads, you know. Like, so I mean, it, it, that's fun though. Like, yeah. But it's it's once you learn how to double haul, is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure it'd be like really a lot of fun. But the fight, that's 
the thing, but it's you put the different amount of time, and it's like you got to put some time in to get good at yeah. casting a fly rod. Yeah, I mean it's it's a lot different. I mean, because when you fish so much, like you know, one of us out on the boats do, um, the same old, same old sometimes gets old. Yeah, right. Something about fly fishing that's fun is there's never really something that gets old. Nothing, no part of it gets old. It's all challenging. Even for someone, you know, if you say you're great at it, it's still challenging for you. Yeah. There's always something new you can try. You know, we all tie our own flies, you know, everything like that. It, it you know, gets serious into it. And down here, not so much. We don't have any natural fly yeah. fishing, you know, for trout. We just have fun with it down here with the stock lakes and whatnot. But um, when I <clears throat> when I travel and uh, like go up. Sacramento is your deal. Like that's where you kind of. I used to do Sacramento a lot. That's a super fun place to fish. I've done a lot of Colorado. Uh, last year, um, when the boat was out of the water, doing the new engines, I took a crazy road trip. I left in my truck all alone, and I went, and I started driving. I ended up in Nebraska. I fished Wyoming. I fished Utah. I fished Colorado, and I pretty much was on Google Earth and finding any piece of water. Did you water hit up anyone, or were you like, hey? No, I, just, I didn't. I didn't know anyone. I didn't know shit going out there. I just <laughs> and it was middle of winter too, so half the stuff was frozen over. I ended up, but I had a sick trip. You know, that's the fly fishing I like. You know, I brought my gear. I was tying flies. I was you know walking rivers. I'd never even. I didn't know where I was. I what think if a I, bear tried to attack you. It would have attacked me. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I think at one point I actually drove my truck over a lake. Oh, shit. Frozen lake. I thought and it was a trail. Know. No, I didn't know until I saw people ice fishing. That was in Wyoming. Oh, that's scary, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, like, what are these guys doing? And they all had tents out. And I'm like, I get out of my truck and I'm like taking some cool pictures. I'm like, this is super, and these dudes super are probably, cool. Look at this yeah, asshole. These dudes are looking at me and I'm like, you know, and I walk over and I look and I'm like, I'm like, oh, this is I finally got service. That's why I didn't have service. I had no idea where I was. So I finally got service and I look and the little blue dot on where i am is in the middle of the lake and you're like and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like yeah i'll go back that way so I, yeah i mean but that stuff's fun you know you fish a lot of water it's all natural wild fish stuff we don't have down here and it's challenging it's hard it's a nice break from you know what we do all day long out you here. do any uh with spinning rod or just you rather just do fly rod trout fishing i'll pick up a spinning rod but i'd rather do fly rod yeah what about stripers have you tried them for uh with the fly um, a little bit. I fished Skinner a few times. Really? Skinner, I've had good success. Oh, uh, nice. Striper fishing on the fly. Um, but not not a whole lot. No, I know guys that want to bring me up to the Delta. Yeah, and that's a whole go different do some, game. Yeah, right? but that's uh, I've never done that. Yeah, that that seems like it'd be a lot of fun on the fucking fly rod. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's something next you gotta try to do. Yeah, I know one guy that uh, he used to guide here in San Diego. Uh, doing surf trips and he used to catch striper in the surf on the fly that had i had a brandon i forgot his last name sand kings he he guides for corbina up here but what they use is they use a spinning rod but it's a smart spinning reel mm-hmm. but it's a fly rod and he has a custom wrapped okay. so it's like it works he's like super into it. that's his deal very interesting like way to fish him because he says, like, it's, you got to be so stealth with the Corbina, like, you know, like, mm-hmm. it's a whole nother fishery on its own, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, that looks interesting. I'd like to try that as well. Um, <clears throat> what about, so, when you start taking uh, your, your customers out, was it during when COVID just started? It was right as COVID <sighs> hit. 
dude. So I started applying for all the uh, business stuff. I started getting agreements together, insurance and everything, you know, to start the business um, right before I left for that road trip, which was, uh, was January of 2020. So March is when it hit hard. March is when it hit hard. So I was on my road trip and I actually, I ended up locked in a hotel room in Colorado with 102 degree fever. Oh, you think you got it? I think I had it. I don't know. <laughs> I was pretty much dead for five days at the end of my trip. That's oh. what ended my trip. Um, uh, that January, February, yeah. um, I ended my trip driving straight from Colorado home dying. Um, and then was quarantined here cause I think that was when COVID hit like Seattle or something or one yeah. of the first cities. So Everyone so was what did your parents start running away from you and throwing in the garage? Yeah, I, yeah, I was like That's saran wrapped in my room like for I like did three weeks. Kids. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was uh, not allowed anywhere. But um, yeah, so then I got back, and we were shut down. And you know that luckily gave me time to finish my boat work. You know, I, I did take advantage of being shut down. You know, um, I finished all the boat work. I finished all the stuff to start the business. I finished everything, you know, to be legal in San Diego, which is not easy. Yeah. Um, California is rough um, for sure. <laughs> yeah. But uh, then we started commercial fishing because that was the only thing we could do. So we actually, when that bluefin showed up, March, March oh, or so. It went off, right? That's right when our boat got back in the water right around March. And uh, it was here. It was ready to bite, but we couldn't sport fish it. So buddies and, you know, I would go out and we'd catch fish and commercial fish it a little bit for yeah. fun until we open back up and then when everybody opened back up it was you know i was ready which opened up a, a door for me which i think is great you know everyone's scared of covid they want a private charter i'm here offering did it, private did it get pretty good you think because it, it it got pretty good we we cleared 100 trips in our first season oh fuck what what's a good season for someone if you're just gonna say any boat I, uh, for sport boats, um, the bigger boats, I'd say anywhere from like 80 to 150 trips, like 150 is like incredible. Mm -hmm. I know some of the overnight boats ran 130 to 150 this year and that's, that's insane. That's great. Yeah. Um, you know, for the four pack, six pack, I didn't know before at all. Um, now that I know a little bit, I would say 150 should be a good goal for mine. Um, because we can run, we're running anywhere from half day to... Oh, you'll do you half know, day trips too? Yeah. Well. So, oh, fuck yeah. So we're doing everything. Okay. Half day, lobster. We're doing fishing, lobster. I saw that. You have a deal going on right now, right? You, you we do. Of... We have some lobster open parties. We yeah. have some wintertime stuff, you know. Rockfish. Yeah, because of all the boat work we did last year, we are running the whole year this year. Uh, we don't have much to do, so we're fishing. Uh, we've already, you know, we're on trip 12 or 13 of the year already. Damn, so that's great. So you're, you're shooting for a goal to make sure you run 150 this year. I want to. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, for guys like me who are doing a little bit of everything, I mean, I think you should add a, a few more trips onto your goal only because you could run two half days in a day or, you know, whatever it is, you know, the guy's running two day trips. That's one trip, two days. Um, you know, right. in two days I might be running three or four trips. True. Um, so, you know, a hundred trips for them should be 200 trips for me, but you know, I'm aiming for about 150 this year would be. Which is great. So this is going to be your third year doing it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's a big deal. 
So how was, did it, now did it screw you when they closed, did they close the, the harbor down there? They did and didn't. Okay. Uh, they closed all like passenger sport fishing for a little bit um, at the height of everything. Um, and they turned it into commercial only. Okay. So that's when oh, you, know, you were able to go. I out was cause... able to go out. I was oh. already, you know, the boat was originally commercial. Then we turned it charter, but it still, of course, had its heart at commercial. So we were still licensed and everything to do commercial. So we said, you know, why not go fish and catch some bluefin? How was now? Here's a question. How was the fishing when they did shut it down? Did it get way better because it was less pressure or is it not really any different? I don't think it got better because it was less pressure. It was nicer, you know, for us. It was it was great going out with no, you know, Saturday morning going out and you're the only person at the bait barge and you're the only person heading out of the channel in the morning. You know, yeah. it, was, it was definitely a luxury uh, for, you know, the guys going fishing. Um, as far as it biting, you know, it was, it was prime season, you know, it was right then. So March, either way, June, it was July. Bite, you're thinking. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was right in the time that it shows up and it can start biting good. So I think, I, you know, I wouldn't say because of the less people, it bit more. Um, okay. I think it just was, it was good fishing because it was the right time. Yeah. What, uh, what trips do you like, or do you get booked for mostly? Like what's the boat known for mostly? Mostly we're known for our full day offshores, okay. tuna fishing, yellowtail, yellowfin, bluefin, uh, we do a lot of the big fish, kite fishing and whatnot, which people like to have that smaller boat, private charter, you know, uh, we do a lot of that. Um, and now, you know, that I'm running through the winter, we're a wintertime half day as well. Okay. Half day, three quarter day. So yeah. we're doing islands trips. We're doing rock fishing. We're doing uh, trips in the bay, halibut drifts. We oh, had really? some incredible halibut fishing, yeah, yeah. which I, you know, I, <laughs> <laughs> I was I was telling people, you know, as far as like halibut, you know, we don't have many guys that target it down here. Um, you know, why do you think we, that is? It's just a fish that's kind of everywhere and nowhere um, yeah. where we catch them. But you know, there's other it's almost fish like to a catch. bycatch. You'd rather catch something else than a halibut. No, you'd rather catch the halibut. But most people, you know, are halibut for say like what I've been fishing on some trips that I've been getting booked for is in the bay. Not a lot of people fish in the bay. Like San Diego Bay. San Diego okay. Bay. Um, Which is a huge fucking bay, dude. It's a huge bay. Yeah. It's actually great. You know, we've enjoyed our you wintertime. You fishing trips? Yeah. Have you really? Yeah. No way. Well, we'll do anything. That's the great part <laughs> about the bay. We'll go fish the bay. I mean, we had we had a trip. We had 56 halibut for three guys. Fuck. Three women. That was probably... Three women, oh, man. fifty-six halibut. Did for you put three on women. Your, your thong and dance around for him? I, I didn't, but I had halibut <laughs> flying over the rail from all directions at me. It was probably my best day in there halibut fishing. Wow! Um, so you know that opens up for us a great opportunity to run during the winter. Um, that's a, that's a, that's really cool. Well, I I think you could do it in Long Beach, but it's just. San Diego is so much nicer than Long Beach. Yeah. Well, Long Beach that's, be a shit that's the great part about those trips is, one, it's wintertime. Yeah. There's not too much going on outside the bay um, besides rock fishing, but that's Mexican waters, and you're going to go down to the islands, or you're going to spend more money, or you're going to go on a longer trip, which are great, but then the weather this time of year can be not great. Yeah. So the days that you might not have a passport to go to Mexico and the weather's not good, you sit in the bay and you catch halibut and spotties and, you know, enjoy, enjoy the sun and the calm water. And, you know, for, it's not for everybody. I didn't think it was for anybody at first, but you know, there's a, it's great. You know, yeah. it really is. It's beautiful. 
it's sunny it's calm you know there's fish to catch there's fun to be had it's beautiful sightseeing yeah. um, so your outlook i like it's you seem like you're uh aiming towards the customer a little more than just being like we we catch big fucking fish you know what i'm saying more it's more of to you like and i'm not talking shit on anyone you know yeah but i'm what i'm trying to say is like you're open to doing it all right now and you're probably thinking as a business-minded person like this is what i have to do in the beginning to really move forward to only do you know um you know sea bass or whatever it might be you know yeah no i mean for me i don't want to do only anything um you know, I started the business with the outlook of being a customizable private charter for anybody. Mm-hmm. I'm kid friendly, women and children and families and all sorts of stuff, whatever you want to do, you know, there's a trip for you is what I want to offer um, year round too. If you want to call me in August when we're catching bluefin and take your kids out in the bay. That's cool. We'll do it. Yeah. Um, you know, that's just how I want the boat to be. Of course, once this bluefin shows up, I'm going to be, you know, <laughs> out and about, out yeah. and about doing bluefin, uh, doing offshore. But even last year, the height of bluefin, we went rock fishing some days. We stayed close. We went half day fishing. Um, you know, we'll do lobster through the winter. Um, you know, we'll do a little bit of everything because we can. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I have good experience with a little bit of everything so i'm able to do it yeah um and yeah i, I want to be open for anybody i don't want to say you have to come with me and charge out offshore all day no matter what the weather's like or we're gonna fly a kite all day we're gonna do that of course we have those trips mm-hmm. but if you're not in for that you're not in for that you know if you're a family that doesn't want to be on the <laughs> boat for 12 hours watching a kite <laughs> then you don't have to be yeah. you know so we i try to cater to everybody i try to you know custom private or cust, customized private there charters i'm trying to find words i do here. that all the time trust I'm me i'm losing words <laughs> i'll do here and i'll say you know i'm um um and i have it ready to come out just not fucking there uh, yeah. but uh so what's your goal like say the next like three years you want to get another boat second captain run more charters do you want to focus on just building this one boat? We've been talking about a few things. Um, the guys that I, I fish with and work with and some of the other captains that I fish with and work with, um, they actually bought my old boat. Okay. And it's sitting right next to my current boat, and it's not doing anything. So one one of the things is we might add another boat, um, another smaller boat to go take over some you know half days when we're going to be full day fishing. That'll give a little bit of a price difference between the the boats. You know, my boat currently, um, it's going to use as much gas as it's going to use. I'm going to have to charge as much as I'm going to have to charge. You don't necessarily need that boat to go fish the bay. You know, these yes, bay trips. you could use the other this, boat. Yeah. This boat is a little bit overkill, luxury for fishing the bay. So we could do all our bay and half day on the smaller boat, charge less run offshore on the you know we, we have some things we've like been talking two different about rigged out boats pretty much but we've also been talking about buying a bigger boat a bigger so you have what size is the one you have right again the one the one right now it's it's 30 foot overall they call it a 25 but it's actually like 31 and a half what's the next one above that you'd look at we're looking at 
we're looking to want to get a six pack boat for longer range trips. And we've been looking at the 50 to 60 foot class. Yeah. That's a big fucking boat, dude. There's, is there a lot of six packs down there? There's a lot. There, there's a lot of everything. You know, there's. See, I up here, I looked for one, and I, I think I called a different, couple different people, and I don't know any fucking. The only guys I know are the guys that I talk to. You know, like Wes or you know Sikas or you know, you or you know like the other other guys up here are they are yeah. the captain? So I don't know much. Yeah, I mean San Diego's. It's it's the place. You know, it's <laughs> it's where everything's at. So you know. With the name San Diego Bay comes with everyone. Um, we have a ton of four pack boats. I've seen two pack boats. I've seen wow. six and eights, and I've seen every you know every type of boat fishing every type of thing, um, whether they are legally operated <laughs> or not. You know that's oh been, I see that's, those I see those all the time at South Shores. Up that's here. been a big <laughs> issue for San Diego. Is everyone with a boat thinks that they can run a charter now. Um, which is fine for, you know. but it kills it kills the people that are doing legal business. That's the problem. It does, you know. Yeah, we had we had a group that actually canceled on us because someone someone gave them a, a better uh, deal, a better deal. And I did ask. I said, "What's the better deal? I don't even need to know like the boat because I, I think my prices are very better deal. You yeah. know, um, I think I'm running very very fair." Um, so they said an obnoxious price that I've never heard of <laughs> that wouldn't even pay for, for, for half the fuel used in that yeah. trip. And then I said, I said, what boat's charging that price? And I'm not going to say it, but it was, yeah. it was a boat that they don't even have a licensed captain. Nice. So it was one of those things like, yeah, we, you know, we have, we have that around, of course, the authorities work, work on it, but mm-hmm. there's a little bit of everything. There are quite a few six pack boats that are legitimate bomb businesses that are running great great charters and um they're great boats with great captains um there are four pack boats same thing yeah great captains great guys great businesses but there's a lot of the other stuff too i think that just comes with the territory as well anything you do there's going to be knockoff yeah shit swim baits same shit they have knockoff it all comes back full circle you know yeah all you could do is really just try to be positive yeah. <laughs> right. well, I mean, it shows over time, you know, the, the clientele will go fish the cheaper boat and then go fish, you know, my boat or another better boat or, you know, whatever it is. Um, one of the real boats for say, <laughs> and, and they'll know the difference, you know, yeah. there, there is a difference. Um, so, you know, I don't worry about it personally. I know it's there. I don't worry about it. I yeah. know that if you go fish, with some people and then go fish with me, you'll probably want to fish with me again. You know, I know yeah. that. So it's, uh, it's not really a worry. I don't try to compete. I don't try to you know, stay in your lane pretty much. Yeah. yeah. If you run properly and you run a good business, you don't have to go out and compete, you know? Yeah. Um, I've seen a couple pictures of some of your friends and their chin split open. What happened with that? Uh, so one of the guys, Kind of a brother of mine, Hamid, mm-hmm. who fishes with me. And then there's a piece of shit you hang out with named Shahab, right? Yeah, the piece okay. of shit is Shahab. Okay. He lives up here. <laughs> so, yeah. You see, look at, I put him on the wall of fame. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. That it's was on my boat. boat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's on my boat, yeah. Good thing you hooked and handed that. So, thing. are you saying my boat's on the wall of shame? No, the fame, wall of fame. Oh, the wall of fame. That's the wall of fame. So I'm already up there. 
cool. Look at you right there next uh, to Ryan Kyle and Oh yeah. Else? Shit, you got a West from the bite, your boat's up there, man. Yeah, You're on the we're already fame. there. I didn't even need to send you anything. <laughs> but yeah, so Hamid, he's uh, he's kind of like an older brother figure. I met him at Lake Poway when I was ten years old, wearing my tackle warehouse jersey, as I was saying earlier. Because you're he, they're older than they're, they're a little age. older. They're yeah, they're 30s. Shahab's age. Yeah. Okay. So, so he, you know, kind of we we always fish together. He helped me out. He, you know, whatever. And then we ended up meeting each other at the dock one day while I was working and he was working and we found out we both, you know, work in sport fishing as well. So we were like, Oh cool. Like, so we just always fished, you know? And as we got older and as I got older, you know, they became real close friends of mine. And I mean, he commercial fished with me. He, uh, he's now a captain. He's oh, going to cool. start running boats and he's worked on the boats for forever. He's fucking great. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a great guy, but yeah, we had, uh, we had a trip for big fish and we were commercial fishing and we had like three go in all big ones over 150 pounds, over 200 pounds. And, uh, I, I don't even know what happened, but, uh, Hamid was sitting on the rail, putting it to it, which he always does. Uh, he can kill a fish for sure. And he was trying to kill it and, uh, the rod butt slipped out of his shoulder and it shot a 50 wide. Oh my the corner of a 50 wide straight into his chin as the big fish pulled off and uh he ended up killing that fish but it split it split his chin open pretty much That's from from lip to under and so what was, did you guys do head straight back in no we kept fishing um <laughs> oh bloody so yeah so he was just bleeding all over he's bleeding all over his shirt we're having a good time he's screaming about it and he kills that fish. We put it in the boat. I think it was our fourth or fifth of the day. Big ones. We have deck sinking and full of fish. It was a good day. And, uh, yeah, so we ended up going inside. This is actually in my older boat, the Defiance. Okay. And we go inside, and I'm looking, and I got, like, little baby Band-Aids in my first aid box. And I'm, like, you looking. And I'm like, I tried, and it just <laughs> fell right off, and he's all wet, bleeding. So, so yeah, I was like, you know what, whatever. So I found we, for the for the kite, we had duct tape, you know, for rigging purposes and whatnot. So yeah. I, I go, and I grab a wad of paper towel and some duct tape, and we duct taped his face shut. <laughs> and kept going, and, yeah, by the day is over, I, he went got some stitches and Dude, that's he was back gnarly. at it that's gnarly as hell yeah have you been out in, in pretty rough weather where you're like wow second guessing yourself i have i try not to go out in that weather but of course it'll come up uh we've had some days where it just comes out of nowhere especially outside when we're fishing the canyons and banks outside san Clemente. when we're fishing farther Damn, out there far. it can kick up real quick we've had a couple days in the smaller boat where it's kicked up and been pretty pretty sketchy you, you know people screaming and stuff ever no uh the the boat you know this parker it's an older style parker and it's one of their older holes it's kind of was like a one they made a few of and then stopped making and then mass produced after okay. that um the one i have comparable to any other parker that i've been on it's just it's sturdy okay it's a heavy ass boat it sits there. It doesn't roll too much. It's a very safe boat, you know, and I, I've never felt unsafe on it. I've never put myself in that situation, but we've had days where, it, you know, it gets a little, 
well, all right, guys, let's go home. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's gotten close a few days where it, it, it gets windy and gets rolly and pretty yeah. sketchy. Um, of course, you know, if there's any sort of thought that it's going to get that way, we're not going to go go out in that. Um, yeah. We're going to either reschedule or make another game plan to avoid that. We won't run 80, 100 miles yeah. if it's shitty out. Um <laughs> But I have had some days in the bigger boats too that have been gnarly. Really? I had I had a trip I remember on one of the bigger boats, a five day I was working. We were coming down from uh, kind of above Guadalupe, and it got gnarly, bad. It was uh, 2015, one of the hurricanes I was down there. Okay, and it was it was just bad, dude. And that was one of those days that we had the life jackets out. No way, like that bad. It huh? was just. It was, was it just like super up and like huge swells? It was probably like 14 to 16 foot, but tight together. So there was no... Beating the shit out of There was you. no room to, to fall between between swell. You know, you yeah. were just hitting 14 footers back to back. Straight. You were deckhanding then? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And you had to calm all the fucking people <laughs> down, huh? No, okay. I think I was. I think at first, uh, me and the other deckhand were up at the bow and we were having fun with it, jumping around, taking spray. And then it like kicked up a little bit more. We were sitting there like, "Oh, this is uh, not fun anymore. This is actually scary. <laughs> this, this is not good." So uh, yeah, we ended up getting in the galley and making sure everyone knew where life jackets were. You know, doing doing the right thing. First and, thing they do is start drinking harder. That's yeah. what I probably would do. Yeah, most most of them slept through it. As far as the passengers, most yeah. of them slept through it. You know, but. Yeah, it wasn't a fun ride home. That's, that's hundred miles sketchy. of hell. Till you get home, tell your parents. Well, you were older then. I was a little older. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't tell them. No. <laughs> um, what are your big fish you pulled on your boat? Um, the biggest fish we had was a two ninety three. Oh shit! Was that this year? That was last year. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We had we had countless fish over two hundred. Um, we countless fish you know big fish i wasn't one of them to be tallying every fish uh but we had 250s 240s 260s 290 um and then we did have one that matt purcell hooked who's that guy he's a jerk he's a jerk (laughs) he's a big jerk he's another guy is that on your boat too uh yeah that's on my boat look at your boats up twice two times i think that's a no uh no. No. No, it's not. <laughs> I don't have that rail. <laughs> He's up on there too. But, he got uh, a big one, huh? Yeah, so he he had one hooked that we lost that I I mean I would confidently put at 350, 360. Oh, I, I mean it was You think it was the one? It was the one. Okay. Yeah. It was it was it was a big fish. Yeah. We, we had a couple of those. We had some heartbreaks of big ones that I would say are around 3 uh 290 to 310. You guys are flying the kites um, for these ones. Yeah, flying the kite. We had a few big fish on, you know, the jigs and the poppers and the flat falls and the troll, you know, but the majority of our big fish came off the kite. We had uh, a, we do had you like our, using do you like using like a dead flyer more than you like using like do you use a California flyer? I'll use a little bit of everything. Okay. I've got uh California flyers, we fish, we fish uh uh there's another one, it's called Crazy Flyer. Okay. Um it's a pretty similar bait. Um there's a bunch you yeah, know yeah. Uh, we'll fish the dead the dead's great you know it's 
it's not as easy as throwing out a California flyer, but yeah. Um, yeah, we'll fish the dead. We'll skip the rubber one. We'll do all, all the techniques, you know, luckily to that is actually right as that big fish came up 2016 or so was when I switched over and was working some yacht stuff. Okay. So you kind of knew how an idea. Right? And the guy that I was running with, um, working with was, uh, he was a good captain from, uh, Cabo and he did a, a lot of like big yellowfin fishing with the kite. Okay. He did Hawaii too with the kite. Oh, okay. And so I wouldn't say he was the first. I know there was a few guys that were like on it right off the bat, like throwing flyers in the air. There's a few commercial guys, a few um, yacht guys that just did it like right away. But I would say that that first year that we had big fish, um, I was on the right boat and we started doing it right away too. And we had we had 100 you know 30 pounders at first 150s and we caught a 200 pounder and Dang. it got bigger from there we we did catch a couple over three on that boat damn so that guy that broke you into the whole flyer and the, the yeah that broke broke thing. me right in you know right away um you know the big boats sport boats they weren't doing the kite stuff the first few years um not many people were especially the you know the skiff guys not so much commercial skiff guys they mm-hmm. were um the general population of people weren't throwing flyers in the air on kites and balloons but we were i was right there working deck throwing a flyer in in the air you know right away so yeah i was at 2016 kind of 2017 season that it showed up and i think my first it was when i had my pro line too the you, did console. you have to do your first uh trip like to figure it out on your own or did you do it with the buddy like figuring the flyer out on your own. Um, like, cause I, I'm, what I'm trying to say is more like, did you take someone out with you to kind of, to do it with you that you already knew how to do it, but you wanted to kind of fill it out first? No, I, I, I had enough time on that yacht, that six pack yacht where I was comfortable with it. Okay. And I, was, you were setting it up on the yacht usually. Like yeah, I was, it was, it was, okay. I was right there. I got taught pretty proper. Um, of course I've learned and changed a few things since, um, it's been five, six years since, yeah, but, yeah. um, I would say I was set up mentally proper with the flyer and the kite and all that stuff. And that big fish right away. I had a, you know, a full season before, you know, a lot of people even knew what a kite was. Um, so, you know, I had a full season doing that big fish, um, and big fish only. That was all we did for 2016 that from, I'd say June to end of the year, all we did was that big fish. So, you know, once I, years later of course we put it on sport boats Mm -hmm. it got around it was everywhere now it's everywhere and it's huge but uh once i started doing it on my boat it was i already you You knew the whole process yeah is that your favorite way to catch a bluefin or would you rather throw like a popper or something else it's going to be my favorite way to catch a big bluefin because you're fishing the proper gear (laughs) and you can catch that bluefin uh i i hate to see a 200 pounder hooked on a 40 pound rod yeah you know, that's why I love the kite. You catch a 200 pounder, it's going to be on, you know, a 200 pound rod. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, it's my favorite way to catch the big fish because it's proper. You're going to catch more than you're going to catch on most other things because it can handle it. What kind of gear do you like using? Do you have a certain reel or rod or anything like that? Um, we use a lot of Okuma for the reels. We use a lot of Makairas, okay. 50 wides and... A lot of Shimano, 
Our, our boat's kind of outfitted with, uh, we have Okuma and Shimano reels, a little bit of Daiwa scattered around, and then we use all seeker rods. Cool. Yeah. So I just... Yeah, we're just up there. I was just Talking there. Talking to the boys, huh? And picking up, <laughs> I got a truck full of new boat rods there for us. There you go. So... <laughs> um same thing with what do you have a recommendation like on a surface iron rod you like to use or anything like that you know i i used to when i (laughs) now i I, you know as far as like personal gear i i I have a couple custom wrapped cui jig sticks um that i love um i have an alua by seeker that i love my wife she made you a coffee too anyway Uh, thank you (laughs) (laughs) Thank you just you. did interrupt. Thanks. You fucked the whole podcast. Right. It's over. <laughs> We're done. We're going home. Um, no, I had uh, I have an Alua and I have a CUI right now. My other CUI is broken. Um, I love having a long rod. Um, you know, ten foot. I have an eleven and a half. That's my Shit, that's CUI a lot of that work, I have. Though. It's a lot of work. That was a that was a gift from one of the the captains I used to work with. Um, and I still have it. It's a great rod. Um, but that's all going to be like smaller fish and yellowtail and stuff as far as. Throwing. Do you have a real setup on that, on the Lua? Yeah, I, I was, I just use the Saltist by okay. Daiwa. That's I love I them for, the same for thing. jig sticks. It's basic. I don't, you know, for a personal rod, I used to like when I was in that age of having a little money, I'd save up and buy an $800, $1,000 reel to throw on my jig stick. And now it's like, <laughs> why would I ever do that? You know? Because um, hype at the time, you know, it was yeah. like, it's for like, an in, uh, yeah, for my Instagram picture when I was 15, <laughs> it looked like a great reel, but now it's like, yeah, you, you don't need it. Yeah. Um, I don't need it. I don't know. Some people might need an expensive, fancy, smooth reel. Yeah. Um, I get by fine with my jig stick and my salt is 40 on it, you know? I think that's some something you learn, I guess, the more time you have on the water is like, sometimes... You know, you go to buy something, you think, and depending on custom rods, I mm-hmm. guess it's a different story. Like even my swim bait stuff, custom. Yeah. And my, I have I have a, a nine foot Alua or ten foot Alua that JR Customs built for me. It's fucking bad. Uh-huh. And uh, I started throwing that with assault, the same thing. And I'm not a, a yeah. service iron guy at all. You know, yeah. I and it's it's great. And I have, then I have my uh, people are gonna hate me. My Tranks five hundred. On my on my Phoenix, you know, jig stick. Yeah. And I love that too. And it's I'm a bass guy, so yeah. I'm used to it. No, you know? It's perfect setup for the right thing. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's the whole thing is like what I was saying, like my my jig stick that I, I use, um, those are gonna be jig sticks for either smaller tuna and dorado or yellowtail, which yeah. is, you know, what I fish a surface iron for. And if I'm going out and I'm throwing a surface iron or a popper in 80 to 200 pound bluefin i'm not fishing my you know my jig stick my (laughs) 11 foot which is a huge problem that we see you know the right person that wants to get their ass kicked by a 200 pound bluefin on an 11 foot jig stick (laughs) go for it but that's that's not me so i'll fish a heavier rod a shorter rod and eight or nine foot a little bit heavier 40 to 60 or 60 to 80 um and yeah i'll throw a popper fine you know of course you're not going to get that range you get with an 11 foot but you match the right you know everything it works fine and when you hook that fish you're going to want that setup yeah. over your jig stick setup so i i don't really fish you know that that bluefin 
on my jig stick unless it's at 20 to 60 pound grade. Yeah. It's totally doable. What is it? Here's a, a question. What What is something that you see when you get, you, you're dealing with 100 people, 200 people a year. What is something that you see that a lot of people do that they should correct? Maybe throwing like the surface iron because that's like one thing. What do you see them do when you got surface iron fish and they're throwing it and you're like, I'm at it. You know, you just got to correct this and everyone's always doing that thing. You know, it's tough to say. I think the biggest thing is matching your gear for what you're trying to catch and where. Um, I see a lot of people, you know, they'll hear that the bluefin are foaming and you can catch them on a surface iron. (laughs) And then they'll grab their surface iron rod that they were just fishing in La Jolla for yellowtail. And they've got straight braid tied to it with like a wire leader um, you know, a kelp cutter, get that yellow out of La Jolla kelp, mm-hmm. um, and a super, you know, long 12 foot, you know, whatever it is, they'll come with that setup and then they'll throw it at a hundred pound bluefin foaming. And it's just like, I don't want that straight braid going into a bluefin foamer. You're going to, you know, rip the lips off of every single one <laughs> and you're going to have a hell of a time, you know, Yeah. especially with your rusted old surface iron, that straight braid is going to pop that hook right out every time. Um, you know, I think it, it's all about matching, you know, your gear. Because, yeah, if you want to fish this rod for that, make sure you have the right line. Real line capacity. Just because your, you know, reel came with the rod or something doesn't mean it's going to catch you a bluefin tuna. We see a lot of, like, smaller reels on a heavy rod. You know, the rod can handle it. Okay, but you have 100 yards of line on that reel. Yeah. Or the best thing is, well... You know, yeah, I have my Tranks 200, and uh, I put 80-pound tests on it, you know. What do, what do people throw 200 for? Well, it just might be what they have. Oh, okay. fish bluefin with do you, it. But you, like, when you have people on, you got gear. That's the nice part. Yeah. That's, that's the part I love is that the, the whole boat, you can bring whatever you want. Um, you can bring whatever, anything you want. But uh, when, we, when we run charters, I rig every single rod with what we're going to do. And we have full sets of rods two or three per person if you which want. makes we it have, easier at the same time it makes but I it guess, a lot i easier. guess what i would say if i was going to come on your boat i would bring my gear so you can like critique me almost it's like yeah you're the pro i'm the i'm the guy that's coming to the pro so i want you to go hey this is what i'm going to throw what's wrong with this and you're going to go okay maybe get like 50 pound or 40 pound on that Maybe get a longer rod or, you know, there might be different rating. Yeah. So I think that might be cool. But it's cool to hear from a guy like you or someone that's doing it day in and day out that yeah. sees these mistakes that people keep making that could be corrected, you know? I mean, it's it's never much, you know? That's the biggest thing is never much of a mistake. Um, the reason I love, you know, the private charter, the four-pack, there's so much greatness to it, and there really is. And, you know, the one thing I love is the one-on-one that I get with my clients, you know, my passengers that come out, they don't turn into a number when they get on the boat. Um, they, they're people, I know them by name, every trip we talk, you know, and yeah, if you bring your gear on the boat and I don't like the way it's set up, I'm going to re-rig your gear for you if, yeah. if you want, you know, and are you going to give them the recommendation? Or, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but it might be very simple. Like, you know, you need a little bit of top shot on there, you know? And I have it on the boat. Let me give you, you know, 20 yards of 40 pound to put on top of there instead of fly lining your sardine on straight 65 pound braid. 
Um, that might be all it takes. Okay. Um, sometimes I know I had a trip in the past where one of the guys had fine rod he brought. He wanted to catch fish on his rod, but he had a, he had a reel that was probably 30 years old, salted up, rusted up. Uh, and it had super old line on it. And every time you pulled on the line, it just broke, but he didn't want me to reline it. So we ended up just taking his reel off and I put one of my reels on his rod. Let him try. I'm sure it changed. Hey, yeah. game changer and, and it was a game changer yeah. for him, you know, and it's like, it's never too much. Um, sometimes you left your stuff in your garage a little bit too long. You didn't, you know, put new line on it or you didn't, you know, check the report to see what it is. Um, especially on the bigger boats, you get people coming out and they just don't have the right hook or line or something. And I'm hoping that the boat you're on will help you out with that. But sometimes, yeah. they, sometimes you know, you don't get that help or you don't ask for it. And, uh, you know, we'll see you the next day fly lining a sardine into a 80-pound bluefin. You have 15-pound or 20-pound on your rod or, you know, whatever it is. There might be some small issue that could be fixed yeah. that isn't. It's never that much. Yeah, but but, but I mean, it's it's it, great it's, a, to, it's a game changer. Yeah. You know, the the little things they really are. Are you a big surface iron guy? Like, do you throw the surface iron a lot? I do. Um, so here's my question: I like to ask everyone that does throw the surface iron. Uh, CNC'd or a poured like a sand? Do you do you see the difference? Some guys say the CNC are. are the thing that I always argue, and I did it with Gavin, I'm like, if you get the perfect swim on a CNC, can't you just replicate that every time? And people go, no. No. Never. No. Because there's always some little tiny... I don't, I don't think it matters as far as the difference between those two because every jig is going to be different, and you'll find one that swims that you like that's you know poured, or you'll find one that's cut, or you'll find one that's old and rusted or shitty and... Mm -hmm. Or brand new, and every jig's gonna be different. So you'll throw usually just. I'll throw whatever. Will you throw CNC I have, ones as yeah, well? Okay. Yeah, I have you know as far as my jigs, I like my boxes and what I go pick out. It'll be, you know, it'll be whatever. But um, yeah, I've got to see it swim, and you know, I'll look for a little bit of an offset. Is on that the, the first eyes. thing you're doing when you look at a jig? Like if you pick it up. I heard from multiple guys look for it and they hang it and they kind of swing it in a circle. I like when you it's a little if, offset. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, when it's not even, it almost seems like, you know, someone fucked up somewhere down the line. And, and you put want the that. Whole, I want that, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, one of my favorite bluefin jigs right now, I had to put new hooks on it, of course, but it's one of the oldest jigs, and it's it's not even, it doesn't have color on it anymore. It's not, <laughs> it's, it's not even silver, too. Some jigs, they, you know, the paint comes off and they turn silver. It's just like a matte, rusted gray. <laughs> like, it, it just... And it, it catches fish. Yeah, because it swims well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's the biggest thing is like, yeah, color matters sometimes. Uh, just a few weeks ago, I was uh, driving I was uh, driving second on uh, the Relentless mm -hmm. down uh, to Colinette. We had a great trip, and the we found a couple schools of yellowtail, and one of the guys back there was fishing a red yo-yo jig back on that red crab stuff that we had a few years back and every year. And oh, that was great. And uh, that red jig just got bit. And I really think that day it was a color. Color mattered that day. Yeah. Okay. I saw, sometimes I don't think it does uh, in general, especially with surface irons. I think, you know, you want a good swimmer and maybe not like an obnoxious color, but uh, I don't think it matters too much. But that day 
it was like if you had <laughs> a mattered. red jig it yeah. mattered i mean i was fishing a little bit i dropped a rod and i was like oh, wow, that's <laughs> the only jig i don't have right now is a red jig yeah, like, it's guess all what you, you need. have now in your box a red fucking jig huh i have red jigs <laughs> but um, i mean yeah I, I look for a jig that swims well and yeah that's one something cool to to, to get a, uh someone's input on that because i I like hearing that because it's like new technology, CNC thing. Yeah. And maybe it will come out one day where they figure out how to maybe make a couple. That's that's a hard thing. You can't make 10 jigs that swim this way, that way. Then it's like, well, I guess it's, it's like a hit and a miss with the jig. It's like yeah. a gamble almost, right? With the big out of the service iron. Yeah. I mean, the one thing, too, I look for or like while I'm fishing, let's say I grab five jigs and I'm fishing them. I'm going to keep fishing a jig um, for a couple reasons, or I'm going to throw it back in the box for a couple reasons. One of my biggest pet peeves is some jigs will come up and float, you know, at a faster crank. And, you know, there's some jigs you'll, you'll get, and especially for bluefin or, you know, tuna fishing with a surface iron, you'll get a jig that just won't sit in the water. You know, you'll take two cranks and it'll be out, you know, floating on the top, skipping out of the water. That's a jig I'm going to... Th- Either unless I want to fish it as a skip jig. Yeah. If I want it fished that way, fine. But uh, if I, you know, want a jig that's going to swim in the water, something like that, I'm just going to take off and throw back in the box. Yeah. Um, so that's one of my pet peeves is if a jig doesn't stay down. That's a, that's a great piece of information. Yeah. Do you change all your, so I know Matt, I did a video with them. Uh-huh. Is it assist hooks? It cha- we'll change those out too as well. Yeah, on a lot of jigs, um, you know, now most things are coming, you know, pretty solid, pretty solid. <laughs> in, you know, you know, a lot of the stuff you get from the landings and the tackle shops, they already do it for you. Yeah. Uh, so sometimes in a pinch, you know, I'll go grab some flat falls and stuff that I know are already rigged pretty proper. Um, but especially with those like knife jigs, flat falls. Yeah. Um, Colt snipers is the biggest one for me. <laughs> Colt snipers and Colt sniper stick baits. Yeah. Great lures, terrible hooks. They are. Switch yeah. them out. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a recommendation for your Colt sniper hook? Um, not really. Um, let's see. What do I put on right now? There's a, there's an Eagle claw trailer. Okay. They have and you like um, that one that I like. Uh, I'm not. I'm not too picky. I just beef them up a little bit, okay. you know, with some better hooks. Um, I I keep you know I don't change them to single hooks. I keep them treble hooks on jigs like those. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't get too fancy with rings and all stuff like that. I just beef them up so okay. they're a little bit more. Uh, you know the the split and, ring and the hook. I yeah. Just, beef them up That's and what they it. have on them now. <laughs> yeah those, those split rings have pulled out and straightened out those hooks break clear off well you know what i feel like i'll fish them once and then they're fucked just like rusted even yeah. if i rinse them like yeah they're not they're yeah. not great hooks they're great lures i love yeah. fishing colt snipers i love the colt sniper stick baits uh those stick baits are great you know top water and subsurface bait to fish but the hooks on them are not great <laughs> um what tackle shop do you like to go to um, I'm pretty much, you know, the, the fisherman's landing tackle shop okay. has a lot of your basic needs. Um, I do like to order a lot of stuff cause a lot of the stuff that I am always looking for, I get in bulk. Um, it's always going to be the same stuff, you know, line hooks, weights, stuff like that. I'll order, I'll, I'll get in bulk, um, you know, from direct companies 
as far as tackle shops, the Fisherman's Landing tackle shop, H&M Landing tackle shop. Okay. Those two are going to have like what you're going to need at the time to go out on the boat, which is great. Mm -hmm. They have the guys who know the boat knowledge, which is, you know, as far as I I can't tell you where to go if you're going to go fish striper yeah. or whatever <laughs> yeah. go swim bait fish i don't know what tackle shop you're gonna want to go to up here yeah or, you know anywhere else but yeah if you're coming sport fishing yeah. you're coming on a boat the uh h&m landing and fisherman's landing tackle shop they have everything you're gonna need and they'll they have the knowledge too yeah great the uh angler's choice down there too okay it's a great place that's what i've heard yeah we did yeah. a couple ads from there it seemed like real nice yeah. luke's i heard he's a stick yeah. man yeah and he luke's had that he had guy. that kite that kite thing that was really cool it's like a kite kit that you can that you put it together and it, it looked like a cool deal yeah i mean luke's shop is is full of stuff <laughs> um you know it's one of those things like there's always something new when something starts biting the kite <laughs> the troll i mean we we started trolling for bluefin this last year uh-huh. last season i mean we've always trolled everyone's always trolled Last year, people started getting fancy with it, and uh, the bluefin started eating the troll a little bit better than I think they normally do, and uh, people started pulling out all sorts of new stuff. You know, we had every boat trolling spreader bars. That's what I was going to say. I don't even know anything about spreader bars, but I seen the memes. That's all I seen was <laughs> ladies' like legs hooked up to them. <laughs> yeah, so I was just having a conversation earlier with the guys from Seeker about okay. spreader bars. Cause they were asking me if I have them on the boat, yeah. you know, and I, I don't, I don't have a single spreader bar. Um, can you break it? Like sometimes I get people that listen yeah. that aren't even into salt, but they like listening. Yeah. Tell them what the fuck it is. <laughs> so the spreader bar is going to be like, it's your, uh, it's a trolling rig. It's not even a, a single lure. So it's a rig and it's got like an umbrella of, uh, assortments of kind of like fish. an A-rig. Kinda. It's like an A-rig and it either has got squid, a lot, most popular is squid. Um, and it'll have, you know, anywhere from like, I've seen them, the basics that have like six squids on them to like 50, <laughs> 60. I've, I've seen some gnarly spreader bars that are just yeah. like, they, the whole back deck will be a spreader bar of like hundred squids, and uh, it's a mess. Um, they get bit. I know a lot of people that caught a lot of fish on spreader bars this year. Uh, we've been trolling a few other lures. One in specific, I won't talk about, but uh, of course, I have some video I could send you of it <laughs> working. Um, but yeah, we have some. We we troll and we do get bit, and we do have you know a couple little things that we do. That get bit really good, just like maybe the spreader bar would. But the spreader bar is hard, um, especially in a small boat. It takes up a lot of space. It gets entangled. You can't fish with it in the water that mm-hmm. well. And you got to stow it away. And for me, who runs my boat solely, you know, if I'm out there and I got guys who need to get in the water and guys who need, you know, fish gaffed and this happening and this and that, I can't deal with a 10 foot long spreader bar coming <laughs> yeah. in. I can't deal with a hundred squids coming over the rail, you know? Yeah. I, so I, I choose to opt out of the spreader bar stuff. I know one of the yachts we fish on that I drive, we've got a bunch of spreader bars on there. We put it out a couple times on a 90 foot yacht. It works great, you know, cause <laughs> you have the you're room, huge, yeah. you're huge. You have room to throw a hundred squids up in the tower, you know, and get it out of the way. But, um, as far as the things I do on my boat, it's just, it's not applicable. Yeah. Makes sense. It's cool to hear like everyone's 
program, I guess that's what you call it. And you got your, everyone's got their own program, and uh, super cool. I'm glad you got to come on the podcast. Let's plug where they can get at you, book a trip, everything. Okay, so we're we're running full time as much as we're booked out of uh, H and M Landing. Uh, you can book trips through me personally, or we have website social media. Our website is afsportfishingsd.com. And uh, our Instagram is AF Sport Fishing, and our Facebook is AF Sport Fishing. Perfect. Uh, you can find us there. You can book online directly. You can instant book on our website, um, or you can inquire about more info or trips through me. Yeah, uh, go ahead and book with him. He's a great dude. He's got assholes working for him, and he's got real shitty friends like Shahab. <laughs> <laughs> for now on, the name is Angry as Fuck Fishing. Yeah. Angry fuck fishing. Yeah. Angry fuck <laughs> Shahab. <laughs> but thanks again for coming on, Dylan. I appreciate it. Of course. Great I'm story. Glad to be uh, here. Crazy to hear that such a, you know, being a young guy, you're doing very well for yourself. Yeah. So that's it's really cool, man. Congratulations on your success. That's what I want to do, and I'm going to do it. So mm. thank you. Yeah. <laughs>